This is Mike Wilbon from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption, and I'm speaking with Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. All right, Chad, another special edition of the Friendly Confines podcast, and what an awesome guest we have this week. I was really excited when he answered me on Twitter. Gary Sheffield Jr., yes, he is the son of the great Gary Sheffield. He is now a sports writer with Outkick Sports. Junior is, of course, and really insightful, has some great takes when it comes to baseball in the NBA, but we're talking about the Cubs with him this week. And he was really, really interesting to chat with about kind of the ins and outs of what some of these players are thinking right now when the Cubs were going through that 11 game losing streak. Yeah, and so many great insights. Um, when we uh, uh, shared a clip on our Monday night uh, studio show, which is separate than this, obviously you longtime followers know that, it's two different things. He, We showed a video clip of it. He was wearing a White Sox fan. You cleared it up. He's not a White Sox fan. And as I shared with you, maybe he's a big NWA fan. The black, white Sox hat is a fashion statement the world over. It is, uh, it is funny he wore that for a Cubs podcast. And I did say to him, I would have thought that your dad, with all the teams he played for, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Yankees, the Marlins, the Brewers, maybe he would have gotten him a few of those hats over the years. No, he said his dad doesn't like hats. He doesn't wear them. And if he doesn't have to wear them, he won't. So, uh, But he was great to talk to, and I really appreciated him taking the time. So here is our interview with Gary Sheffield Jr. of Outkick Sports. Even though you're wearing a White Sox hat, which I find hilarious at the same time, we're talking Cubs. But Gary, you played college baseball, and I don't know if you've ever been involved in a losing streak that went 11 games like the Cubs have had over the past week and a half. But what do you think, being a former player yourself, what do you think the vibe was in the clubhouse while these guys are dealing with this losing streak prior to them finally breaking it? But that has to be just basically playing on your emotions for such a long time when you're dealing yeah. with that sort of losing streak. Well, the, the hard part about a losing streak is that eventually you're like, well, what's the point of this whole team chemistry deal? Maybe I should start thinking of myself. That's what I always did. I remember when I was playing in college, what my first college team, when I was a freshman, we lost like 15 or 16 games in a row. We were really bad. Well, there were a couple of us that were having good seasons. Like, um, there were a couple of us committing either division one or some people were getting pro, you know, pro scouts were giving them letters and saying what round they're being selected in. It was hard to, to really differentiate the difference between me and then the team. So that's something that obviously as Cubs fans, they understand that the trade deadline is coming up and it's like, okay, you've got Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez. They've got a lot of talent in Chicago. They just haven't thrown together really a solid um, team to throw together some wins. And the weird part is the Cubs were great earlier in the season. If Chris Bryant was just raking, he's just really just carrying the team. And then now they're just, they're just not winning games. So it's, it's just going to be difficult to, to realize that this is about we and not me. Gary, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, this team's on the brink now of going into full sale fire sale mode. Um, yeah. How many people from this core players wise, do you expect to get dealt before the trading deadline, in your opinion? 
that's you just never know because sometimes the sometimes you're going to get a, a full fire sale to just get rid of everybody and the fan base is going to be upset about that no matter what unless of course you're getting back a haul which we're seeing lately that didn't happen you saw with arenado where they basically gave up a ton of talent a future hall of famer for free they basically paid somebody to take him so that's disappointing the cubs fan base does not want to see that if they're going to see a uh, if they're going to see a bunch of trades and Chris Chris Bryant out the door, Javi Baez out the door, Contreras, those, that's a lot of value right there. So you're expecting top 50 talent that's going to be controllable for the next decade. If they don't get that, that's disappointing. So I really can't give you a guess because it's always random. Like baseball, you just never know what some of these front offices are doing, whether or not uh, the, you know, the person who's now taking over as general manager feels the same way about a certain prospect or a player. You just never know. You, you mentioned about the returnability now of players that we don't see the halls that we maybe once did. You brought up the Arenado trade. Why do you think baseball's trending in that direction where we're not able to get top prospects for great baseball players in, in trades now? Well, it seems like they, they condensed the draft. So there's just less prospects to deal with. A lot of what you're seeing, um, the guys who are panning out at least are international stars. We're seeing a lot of international play um, I know they're putting a huge emphasis on international drafts and, and that type of cap and that money. Um, I know the Yankees have been very hesitant about making trades and, and spending money because they don't want to they don't want to forego that international money. And you saw with Jason Dominguez and the Cubs are going to do the same thing. So, yeah, it's just it is really difficult to figure out who's buying, who's selling, when people are going to be aggressive and when certain managers or GMs are going to say, let's turn this whole thing around and let's flip it upside down and start over. That's just difficult to do. Is there anyone on this current team that you look at from a roster standpoint and say, you know what, we'll hold on to this player or that player. Yeah. and Maybe we can continue to build for the, for the coming seasons. To me, that's Wilson Contreras. As much as everybody thinks it's Javi Baez, I do believe that the middle infield depth around the league, you can go find another middle infielder, another shortstop, He's incredibly talented. Um, you never know what he's going to be. He could easily be a future Hall of Famer uh, 20 years from now. But to me, that Wilson Contreras is like the face. When I think of the Chicago Cubs, I think of him. And just knowing that when you find a catcher who can swing the bat and potentially can hit four or five all-star games in a row, he's young, and he, he's got that flair. He's the perfect guy that really you can have. And I know he doesn't struggle hitting velocity which you're seeing the, the league really trend towards velocity. That's all you're seeing these days. Wilson Contreras is like the one guy I'd be like, look, that maybe we should hang on to that guy. Should Cub fans feel incomplete about this era? I mean, as a Cub fan myself, I see teams like the Dodgers and the Astros, and mm -hmm. I say they're very similar to how the Cubs were constructed why yeah. have the Cubs kind of stalled and yet we're seeing teams like the Dodgers and the Astros, for instance, that continue to find that success with these young players and, and continuing to win where we're in the situation we're in now with the Cubs from, from your best guess. My best guess is that they didn't have youth on their side when their run did begin. And that's something that their, their position players were young and that's always a good thing, but a lot of their pitching wasn't. Um, you saw Hendricks. I mean, Hendricks was a different type of guy, right? He wasn't a power guy. So when that fastball goes from 95 to 92, 93, 
well, he's not going to fall off a cliff or for Hendricks in particular. I mean, he's not trying to blow anyone up anyways. It's 85, 86, maybe occasionally he'll touch 89, but he was the only guy who aged well. You saw Jake Arrieta. He's been pretty much, he's been worse every year since his days with the Cubs. The Cubs probably should have just traded him when they had the chance and, uh, or just moved on as soon as possible. And I know a lot of people were like, why'd they get rid of Jake Arrieta? Well, you're getting up there in age and this is what you see. And then you had John Lester and he was already advanced in age. And a lot of people forget he's even still playing in Washington. And so there was just a ton of turnover in that rotation. They had a lot of big contracts on some guys in advanced age. Um, they reminded me a lot of that New York Giants team that beat the Patriots in the 16 and 0 season. It was like, we're going for it. I mean, we, we are going for it. We got rid of Glaber Torres for a reliever for a rental reliever. So I believe it worked because that was the goal. They're trying to end the curse. But if they wanted sustainable success, that build wasn't going to work. And I think they need to start from scratch if they want to do that. Gary Sheffield Jr. is our guest here on the seventh inning stretch. You can find Gary's work at Outkick Sports. And of course, you can find him on Twitter, Gary Sheffield Jr. at Gary Sheffield Jr. as well as Instagram at Gary Sheffield Jr. Gary, um, where does the team go from here? Obviously, I've seen so many times this team rebuilding, um, yeah. losing 90 plus games a year. I I'd like to think we're past that, but is that inevitably where we're going with this franchise again? Is the Cubs are going to just have to restock, reload, and, and try to build out again, and we might be seeing some, some thin seasons? It depends. It really depends what type of management you're dealing with. And I haven't gotten a good chance to see what type of deals this management will do and what kind of deals they'll execute. Because sometimes managers are like, we don't want just a haul of draft of draft guys and a bunch of prospects, 18, 19 year old kids. We want a MLB ready guy. We want to make sure we, we sustain some type of culture. I know Cubs fans do not want to fill up as much as people say they love the Cubs. People are not trying to watch a team lose 95 games. They're not trying to watch a team lose 110 games. I'm here in Arizona and I understand we're about to be in a process of a rebuild. I'm sorry, but that's going to be really difficult for me to support when you're going through a long period of time where you're not winning any baseball games. So to me, the way the Cubs are, the way their fan base is built, I don't think that you can be, you can do that really. You're going to, to me, you're going to lose the base and, and not to the sense that you won't get it back, but you're not going to sustain that. And so I, I really hope that this, this manager management is going to say, well, if you're going to take, give us one of your prospects, which it needs to be great prospects. You cannot just get rid of Chris Bryant because you don't want to pay him. Um, you can't just get rid of like the way that Paul Goldschmidt happened with Arizona. You cannot have a situation like that because these players don't come around every day. Chris Bryant don't just fall out of the sky. You don't get Javi Baez out of nowhere. Uh, you're, you're just not going to find those, those players because Cubs fans know you, you throw half in center field, you go, this guy's the next, he's the next superstar. And then you realize very quickly how difficult it is to be at that level. And so when you finally do hit on those prospects, which they did on quite a few of them, you need to make sure if you're going to give them up, it's got to be for something that's going to help you win right now and in the future. Should Cub fans feel any sense of anger by the fact that Kyle Schwarber and uh, Hugh Darvish and Nick Castellanos yeah. are going to be playing in the all-star game this coming week? I wouldn't be bothered by Darvish just because I believe he's like 34. So I, I think he's, he's up there in age, but um, yeah. Who was the other one? Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. 
Castellanos, I mean, he was a bit of a rental too, but I mean, Schwarber would be bad. I, I would, I would definitely feel some type of way about Schwarber. He is just, that dude's a beast. I mean, he is, I can't, I honestly, I can't believe that that, that happened. I can't. And he's just completely dominating. I, I think he's got 25 bombs already. So, and obviously it's unfortunate that he got hurt, but, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a guy that they misfired on. I mean, there were plenty of teams that misfired on him. The Yankees could have got him pretty much for free this offseason. They chose not to. And, uh, and so there were, there were a lot of teams that overlooked Kyle Schwarber and they're going to regret it. Has David Ross, in your opinion, been given a fair chance to show what he can do as a manager? I, I feel like in Chicago, at least, he doesn't get ripped on because I think mm. people loved him so much as a player. Um, but from your vantage point at all, does it seem like he maybe needs more time and he just doesn't have the players? Or are we seeing that maybe he's just not a good manager right now? Well, right now, it seems like he's riding a bike with a flat tire. I mean, I don't it, it's a bit of a roster issue. It, winning is not just the manager. You can't just pull strings that aren't there. And that's what I see. I think he's a great dude that the players, as long as the players are happy to play for him, which more information on that will come out eventually, especially as the losing streaks continue or if whatever ends up happening with that. But yeah, I mean, he, he definitely needs time. I think every manager does, but he, he's a great dude that I feel like players love to play with him. And I feel like that translates to, to managing. So it, all the losing I'm seeing, I, I feel like has a lot more to do with the players than him. I'll let you go on this. Um, the game of baseball, certainly you've grew up around it. You know it better than anybody. Uh, and having a former, uh, you know, having your father as a former baseball player, one of the, the best that played the game in his era, what do you think of the game, how it's changed, what it looks like today compared to, you know, let's say when your dad was playing back in the late 80s and, and mid 90s um, mm -hmm. compared to now? I read an article where your dad does not like the game at all. I heard he doesn't yeah. really watch it right now. What, what's your right. take on that and, and where you think the game is going right now? I think my dad's take is that way because he doesn't watch. Um, the simple difference to me is that velocity is just a problem. It, it just is. And when my dad used to play, there were the Jamie Moyers. I mean, there were plenty more Jamie Moyer type guys where it's like 90 miles an hour, 91 miles an hour, putting the ball in play and going the other way. I played baseball. When a guy's throwing 88, 87, you can go the other way. You can put up good numbers. You can put up a batting average, draw walks. But when you start seeing guys using spider tack and and using all types of other materials, they're even legally, they're finding other ways to move the ball. And then they're throwing 99 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour. And that's everybody. I was just watching the Dodgers Marlins game and Alcantara is throwing 99 mile an hour fastballs. And then they're like Cody Ballinger with a nice piece of hitting on a 92 mile an hour changeup. Okay. Well, obviously that is objectively a different game. Now it is again, objectively harder to go the other way. It's harder to touch the ball. In, just in general, as velocity goes up, swing and misses go up as well. So I don't really know where the adjustment is. I think it's going to be a roster adjustment where teams are like, we need more DJ LeMayhews. We, we need to go, we need to go against the grain. And that's going to take years to, that's going to take some time. I mean, it's going to take four or five years to adjust. So you're going to need uh, GMs and, and people all the way down the rookie ball being developed all the way down there and saying that's the style guy we need to adjust to this velocity and so far they don't have enough time to make that adjustment but i think they will
Gary Sheffield Jr. You can find his work at Outkick Sports, also on Twitter at Gary Sheffield Jr., as well as Instagram, Gary Sheffield Jr. Hey, Gary, this was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. We'd love to have you back anytime. Really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. Of course, man. Yeah, just send me a message. I'll be back. I'll change my hat, though. And once again, our thanks to Gary Sheffield Jr. of Outkick Sports. You can find Gary on Twitter at Gary Sheffield Jr. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ryan D. Lieber. Chad is at the Chad Gordon. So be sure to check us out there. And Chad, you know, I loved when he spoke about why we're not seeing the halls of young prospects that in the past teams would have gotten, um, especially at the trading deadline where the Cubs are obviously dealing the likes of Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryant, why we weren't, or even Hugh Darvish for that matter, why we weren't or aren't going to be seeing those big time prospects in return. And he had some great, great bits about why that is the case. Yeah, it, it was a great interview. We continue to get some of the best guests you're going to find. I mentioned this on last week's special edition show. Tweeted us, tweeted Ryan D. Lieber, tweeted me at the Chad Gordon challenges. Tell us who you want us to go after because we love these conversations just like you do. So we appreciate you tuning in and we can't wait to see who we're going to be talking to next. All right. So for Gary Sheffield Jr. and Chad, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark, everybody. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're a The first time you walk into rigor.